Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Brown Petri Dish. Today on the podcast, we have nobody. Yeah, it's just me and Brandon today. Um, we did it on purpose. It wasn't because we didn't schedule anybody. Um, I mean, it was because we didn't schedule anybody, but we didn't schedule anybody on purpose, kind of. So we had a couple guests that we wanted to do this week um, that we couldn't get on and we were like hey what about that thing we've been talking about how we could do them by ourselves every once in a while so that's what we did i really enjoyed it i thought it was a really good episode me and brandon um had a lot of uh conversation about stuff that's going on in the news this week including travis scott uh the kyle rittenhouse trial um and some people's babies getting mixed up in a weird way so we talked about all that shit um we did like 20 minutes before the podcast uh, that will go on Patreon. Um, that will be available for you, I'm hoping, next week. I'm trying to get that set up. I will get it done. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be more productive now, hopefully, because I am um, not smoking weed anymore. So... <laughs> I'm hoping, I'm hoping that makes me a little bit more productive and we'll see how that goes. But I will be getting the Patreon done this week, hopefully. I know I told you that last week, but this week I'm going to try to get it done. Um, but yeah, we went for like 20 minutes um, at the beginning that we're going to put on the Patreon explaining. Uh, we kind of went over our weekend and then explained why I quit smoking weed. So... Um, you can listen to that in uh, about a week. So looking forward to that, seeing how many people subscribe to that. Even if it's only a couple people and we get a couple bucks a month out of it, it's fine with us. We do it for the fun. Um, but I would like to recoup some of the money that I spent on all this podcasting equipment. So be nice if you guys could subscribe to that. It'll be out in the next week or two. I've heard it takes some time to get a Patreon live. So I'm starting that process now, and I hope we'll have that up for you with everything, all the extra content on it and everything in the next week or two. So I'll let you know about that, uh, but I hope you enjoy the episode. Have a great week, everybody. weekend other than uh well talk about grindstone because we're not gonna that's gonna go on the patreon for later so oh yeah how to grind yeah well now we got we have to do our non-patreon <laughs> less detailed yeah purely business yeah and promotions actually, of the shows that we did and i'm actually gonna get it done this week and if you know want to know what i'm changing in my life to get more shit done then you have to listen to the patreon which isn't done yet so <laughs> Yeah, John's going to be a Freemason now. Yeah. Uh, yep. A lot of connects. I uh, Yeah, Grindstone's back on, which was quite the turnaround from last week because I was quite certain that it was not going to be <laughs> yeah, We were all certain. Last week. Yeah. No, it did not seem like it was going to happen, but it did. 
and we had a great show. I probably one of the best lineups I've ever had at Grindstone. There was there was a lot of cool people. Dave Flint dropped in too, so everybody that was on the flyer plus Dave Flint, and yeah, that was a great time. But I met with the owners. They, you know, seem to want to keep everything the way it is. Everybody gets to eat for free still, which was my biggest. Yeah, my biggest requirement. I wasn't going to have everybody keep doing the show for nothing. That, yeah, but there was maybe, I don't know, t- at least 20 plus people there. I mean, there was a lot of people actually for that little dining room. But yeah, the whole show went pretty well. I, I think it was somewhat of a stiff crowd, but everybody had a good time and they stayed the whole time. I mean, it's pretty much all you can ask for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the girl that the blonde hair girl that I don't think I, I, apparently have met at grindstone danica yeah yeah you were telling me about this yeah so she works at high and dry in in tremont where bill squire's show is on thursday nights and i was on the first one um the second one i just went to go hang out last week and uh when she saw me she was like she's like oh your first one's on the house and i was like all right (laughs) cool hell yeah it wasn't last week when I was on the show, but this week it is when I'm not on the show. But it was, it's weird. Like, I, I hope that becomes a thing where I just get a free drink every time I go there. But you get free food know. at Grindstone when you're not on the lineup. I mean, you get free <laughs> right. drinks when you're not on the lineup. You yeah. should just retire. You might, yeah. you might get a special. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But uh, you're doing that show this week, Thursday? I am on high and dry this Thursday. I will be doing it. This will be the first week I'm not there because I'm doing crowd control. But <laughs> no, I feel that Drew's been he's been hitting the uh, Facebook pretty hard for people to do crowd control. But yeah, even the last few with not that many people were fun. Did I did I tell you about the uh, the Bible study group that came to uh, the crowd control last time I was there? Oh my god! Yeah, no they they freshly came from Bible study. They were like, well, Bible study was over. We thought let's go to a comedy club. And it's it's on a Thursday. I thought you guys are brave. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, and that's ridiculous. let alone what like the biggest guy, the biggest baldest guy out of the Bible study group uh, was a funeral director. <laughs> this is like this is comedy gold. Right, you can't yeah. make this any better. Yeah. But uh, I went up last, so obviously this guy was beat to death about this funeral thing, so to speak. Maybe that's a bad choice of words. But nevertheless, like when I got up there, I had to take it a different direction. I felt like everybody had talked to this this Bible study group about really specific biblical things. And I mean, I, I just asked them if, if anybody at that church had been molested when they said <laughs> when they said no, I asked to throw my hat in the ring and nobody seemed to want to molest me. But then I just did a bunch of stuff about like the Branch Davidians and David Koresh and stuff. And yeah, no, it was a blast. They were a pretty good time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the one chick looked like uh, the one chick had like actual fangs, like she had her teeth filed to fangs. This was like a permanent deal. And this is a which, Christian Bible study group. Yeah, <laughs> I guess she's a born again, and it must have been not that long ago. <laughs> she used to be. Vampire. I guess she used to be. A, yeah, I, I guess. Well, she was a stripper at one point. She told us, which, yeah, I don't know where at. I didn't want to ask. Where's this church? <laughs> I have no idea. Nobody asked that. Of all things, there were so many other questions to ask. I would have asked that immediately. I've been like, this sounds like a fun church. Where is this at? Um, Yeah, that's (laughs) the one I want to go to. Yeah. 
I uh, I went thir- Thursday night this past week. I went to Hilarities um, to see Mary, and I wanted to see Tanea open up, um, but unfortunately, not unfortunately, I don't know. They were almost sold out, so I had to, like when I went down to when I went down to go down in the showroom. Uh, Scott was like, "I still got people to see. Just go wait at the bar, and I'll come get you." And I was like, "All right." Fair. Cool. So, but by the time he came and got, they were so busy. By the time he came and got me and I got seated, uh, Tanea was on her last joke. So I didn't get to see much of Tanea. Damn. Yeah. Uh, the feature was some guy from Michigan that I never met, but he was, he was really funny. Um, and then, uh, Mary did like, it's weird because whenever, whenever like I go to see like Mary or Bill or somebody like that now, like, like I know they're set. You know, basically like, yeah, so I'm like looking for like a couple like new, new things they throw in or whatever, you know, but Mary did like 20 minutes of crowd work at that show and just murdered with the crowd work. Like she also got some lobs <laughs> like this, like this lady that she was asking people how they bettered themselves during the pandemic. And this lady was like, I lost a leg. And she was like, how is that bettering yourself? Like, is was it a shitty leg? Like it was like yeah. stuff, stuff like that. Like she just kept getting the perfect responses to make jokes she, off of. And it was, it was great. Some lady had the OBJ of legs and they just got rid of it and did way better. I guess <laughs> I don't understand the OBJ of legs. Yeah. Yeah. And then I went to the crowd and then I went to uh Bill's show afterwards. That was fun. I walked in when Tim Wolf was up and uh, he killed and it was, it's a great show, man. You're going to like it. It's uh, it's a cool bar. Like, all of their, like, games and shit are in, like, a completely separate room, like, down a hallway. So, like, you don't have to worry about people making noise, playing games and shit. Isn't that weird how our standards just go down so fucking much? <laughs> yeah. It's all because of, like, just ridiculous bullshit that we have to put up with for every other show. And yeah, mainly Garage Bar. <laughs> that was the one. Where it was a like dart tournament. Yeah. That was the worst one for me. Yeah, we have a dart tournament going on right next to us. Um, and then that one time I remember uh I think it was Dave Flint walked in walked in and accidentally while somebody was on stage walked in and like hit one of the buttons on one of the games and it just started going off like Oh loud, man loud as fuck. <laughs> he just like unplugged it real quick. <laughs> That was funny as fuck, but yeah, Garage Bar was the was the horse show after after they started doing the Dart League at least. For some reason, it was still fun. I, I remember the first time I did it was when Bill Squire did it one time. Yeah, I was there. It, yeah, there was a ton of people for that, and it was a really fun show then. But I guess we just need to get on the radio or be <laughs> yeah. successful or something, yeah. and then people might start coming I, to shows. I honestly think like Tremont is the place where like you're gonna get people no matter what i mean i'm sure That's more cool. more people come out because bill's on the radio and he and I, i'm not sure i don't listen to alan Cockshaw, so i'm not sure if he talks about it on the radio but yeah he usually does yeah. i listen to it a lot yeah i have, i haven't listened to it since i started working first shift because it's just not on my commute to work really here you know but but uh but yeah it's just a good it's a great place for comedy i think like even the imposters room that i had to cancel tonight because i got forced to work over for the first time 
on a Monday in like literally six months. <laughs> like it was, it was so inconvenient. Um, but uh, even the Imposters Theater, like you'll have people just walking by that will see there's a comedy show going on and like open the door and be like, can we come in? <laughs> like, sure. Michael Bush is like, yeah, yeah, five bucks. <laughs> yeah, five bucks on Bax card. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> Which is nice. I, I really appreciate that. So do I, man. I wish more places would do it. I mean, it's starting it's to be, there's rumors going around at work and probably everybody's work that uh, vaccine mandates are coming soon because they're supposed to yep. be enforcing it. I think January 4th is the deadline for OSHA. For like any, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, for any businesses, for any private businesses that have over 100 employees have to require well, vaccines. Well, good. I bought like a dope-ass little case for my Vax card and haven't ever <laughs> gotten to use it. <laughs> I think I I'm about to, to go get my booster this week. I think. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I might as well get the flu shot while I'm at it. Just get them both at the same time. <laughs> Fuck it. Your body's going to get fucked for like well, a dude, day. It's, it's just, just not going to know what to do. I since I've been doing comedy, I've gotten sick so many times because comics just like will not stay home whenever they should. So it's it's like illnesses go around the comedy scene like like herpes. I don't know, like something that goes around really quickly. Herpes is quick, I think. I don't know. Um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, mean, I don't have herpes, so I don't know. But... <laughs> If that says out of the out of the two of us who has herpes, it, it might be John. <laughs> no, I don't have herpes. I thought I had herpes once. I think every guy at one point thought they had herpes, but it turned out they just jerked off too hard and their dick had a sore on it. That's all it was. Pretty much, man. It's just too many times in a row is what it sounds like. But yeah, yeah each to their own. Yeah, that might be <laughs> commitment. <too. laughs> commitment, something to be honored. It really is. <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, I don't know. I don't have shit coming up anytime soon, though. Like, I, my calendar is pretty fucking bare. It's pretty depressing. Uh, I agree. I keep seeing everybody <laughs> doing all these fun shows, and I'm like, man, I suck. Yeah, I, I, I have, guess I just suck. I need to get better. I have two shows this week. I have or two shows this month. I have uh, the the West Theater show and then the Funny Farm on the same weekend. So. I got high and dry, if you can count a five-minute set, and a <coughs> uh, roast battle the following day. Oh, that's cool. That's on a Friday this this time? Yep. That's this Friday? Yep. Okay. I might have to go Jeremy. to that. Me and Jeremy Demery going at it, so is that we can a, is that imagine all the... No, that's at uh, the Odeon, I think, for the Cleveland oh, Comedy Festival. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I'm kind of pissed I didn't get like a set in the Cleveland Comedy Festival, but at least <laughs> yeah. I get a roast battle. Something yeah, to do. dude, I uh, I was pissed about it at first, and then I and then uh, I talked to uh, I talked to Mickey Genosi about it um, last last Thursday at Bill's show, and I told him that I was kind of salty about it, and he was like, "Well, did you ask?" I was like, "No." Like Kyle told me he was gonna get me on it, and then he's like, "Did you follow up with Kyle?" And I was like. No. And he's like, he's like, well, then that might be why. Yeah. He's like, well, then that's your fucking fault. And I was like, yeah, I guess he's right. Cause they had so See, much shit. They had so much shit going on that it's like, it, I understand that like they didn't think about people who didn't think to like follow up with them or anything. So I guess, but yeah, I, I hate being that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I really hate like 
bothering people about shit like that. But I guess that's what you have to do. Yeah. You know, maybe that's why I suck at networking. Because I'm like, man, that probably gets annoying. But I guess you just have to be annoying. Yeah, to an extent. I mean, that's that's for sure. I mean, I've been getting on more shows lately because I've been asking to be on more shows lately. You know, like it's 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 a balance. Like I've had... I don't know. I guess I've had like three shows in the last month that I was asked to be on, but two of them were in Columbus, you know? So it's like, it's like yeah, nothing, nothing local, but, um, even though the Columbus, the, the last Columbus show I did with you was fun. That was, yeah, a cool it was, show. it was, that was a cool pretentious show. barrel house. I like that place. I like sour beers and that's what they specialize I in. So that's kind of weird. Do not. Yeah, yeah, I do not. I, I felt like I was <laughs> taste. I felt like I was drinking, like apple cider vinegar mixed with champagne. Like that was. For some reason, I liked that. I don't know what it was. <laughs> yeah. It did it for me. Not a big fan of the sours. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's like the part of the beer we're not supposed to drink, but. Probably. Yeah. I think so. No, um, <laughs> I'm a little. Uh, I'm a little curious now. I, I didn't get like a flyer or anything to promote for the Cleveland Comedy Festival as far as you know, the roast battle or anything like that. So I don't know how that's going to go. I did see ad hominem attack show was on the flyers. So maybe that's just yeah. like the branch heading that we're doing this under, or I don't know if they're doing like one a day or what the deal is, but yeah, I'm curious, man. I got to see some of that stuff. I missed out on a lot of the rubber city comedy festival shit. Yeah. So. I want to go see some of it for sure. Um, I mean, I do want to get the funny stop at some point this weekend though. Cause Rob Ward, is this weekend at funny stuff that's gonna uh, be dope too yeah man that's what sucks is like all this shit it, it's like we have like one weekend a month where there's like everything loaded with good shows in cleveland like last like last month there was the it was the we i think it was the weekend me and you went to columbus because i had that yeah because i had that vfw show the next night there was like a really good show going on at hilarities there was uh there was Brendan Ayer at Coda. There was there was Joe Coy at the Masonic Temple or whatever he wherever he was. Like uh, Colin Chamberlain was a funny stop. Like it was just like loaded with shows on one weekend, and it's like this fucking sucks. Like you know, let's spread this out a little. Yeah, bit. like <laughs> between like work and open mics. Like I'm I'm trying to have a social life and a relationship and getting a degree on the side and like everything. I'm like, God damn, dude, yeah. I, I have zero time for anything. Yeah, I don't have a social life outside of comedy at all anymore. It's got yeah. to that point. I'm by social life. I'm at relationship. I'm trying to make sure, you know, Yeah, I'm trying cool, to get so. one and it's impossible. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would think you could just walk into a Cuyahoga Falls bar and just yell, I'm a homeowner. And then someone's going to put a ring. <laughs> yeah. I don't rent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would yeah. somebody like to fuck? <laughs> <laughs> man, it is, it is difficult, man. Whenever you're doing comedy all the time, cause it's, it's not so much that I'm like doing comedy all the time, but it's Friday and Saturday nights. So it's like, yeah. And that doesn't count like prep time. Like I've been actually sitting down and writing jokes on purpose with nothing else going on sometimes. And it's been helping me out a lot, but I'm still setting aside time to do that. Yeah. And so that kind of sucks, but yeah, I mean, it helps. Yeah. So, I mean, on top of like just having the shows, you, you have to somewhat, you know, get yourself ready for that shit. If you burn yeah. yourself out and you're exhausted, 
you know, an audience can tell. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that's definitely for sure. I, I've, I've, uh, taken a step back a little bit the past, I don't know, month or so. Like I haven't done much shit during the week recently at all. Um, I'm doing the uh, Imposter Theater show next week. I talked to Jordan today because <laughs> I couldn't do Hell it yeah. tonight. Yeah. It's, Is he it the Mystery Imposter's Theater uh, booker? I, did, you, did you get that? I'm pretty sure because he uh, copy and pasted the email to our text message chain. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it had the signature Mystery Imposter's Theater booker. So I'm pretty sure it's him. You solved uh, that mystery, did you? Yeah, pretty sure. I, I enjoy the theatrics of it, though. <laughs> uh, I do. Yeah. Well, we didn't even mention it yet, but uh, we were doing it old school today. We don't have a guest. This is the first time we've done this since the first episode. And um, yeah, if you were wondering why you didn't hear a third voice, it's probably <laughs> yeah. because we don't have a third guest. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We've been talking about doing one by ourselves for a while, and uh, maybe we'll do it like once a month unless... Nobody listens to this one. It's <laughs> a good point. It's yeah. a good point. We'll find out yeah. if we're the cool ones. Uh, yeah. According to the Funny Stop bathroom, we are the number one homosexual podcast. Yep. So fuck you. We're going to disappoint. Yeah. And, we're going to disappoint a lot of gay people probably. And the one, the one thing that bugs me about that is the person who wrote that on and and I'm not saying that it would be bad to be the number one homosexual podcast. But I feel like it makes us posers because we're not homosexual. And and I feel like people, if they saw that and listened to our podcast, would be pretty disappointed if that's what they were going for. Um, My point exactly. But <laughs> what pisses me off about that the most is that the guy who wrote it, I'm 99% sure, is the same guy that's been on this podcast three times. So... <laughs> So he's trying to come out, but he's bad at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's basically the problem we got here. Jimmy's a bitch. Um, <laughs> but we've done sixty-six episodes now. What do you? What was your? What was your favorite thing we've done so far? Uh, that's a tough one, man. We had so many good guests over over the amount of time that we've been doing this, and we've had the same format for the most part. I think one of my favorites was trying to have Joe Graham on, but then <laughs> yeah. also having Joe Briggs yeah. with it because you just, I guess you just can't. And the fact that like there were two microphones set up in their living room, like this was already a given. We were oh, going to yeah. get both of the Joes. Yeah, this was planned. That just didn't matter. And my favorite part about that episode was the, uh, was the uh, Katie Monahan like little tiny contribution to the podcast where she just asked if we saw the movie Trolls, and we were like, no. And she didn't have any follow-up to that at all. Like, it was just, that was yeah. the only thing she wanted to ask <laughs> podcast. Solid crowd work yeah. by Katie Moynihan, I guess. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> and and the, having Pete on was awesome. Um, honestly, because I I never really got a chance to get to know the guy that well, I think... I think Raj Suresh was a pretty cool guest, like, because he was, I mean, we're friends, but he was more like, by the time I was actually doing shows in Cleveland, he had already moved. Same. So. Super nice guy, though. Every time I've talked to him, he's been nothing but cool. And uh, finally, like, 
asking about his garden and then him just like diving into it and giving us an in-depth look at Raj Suresh's garden. Yeah, showing us tomatoes and shit. I felt like every question we asked him, he left like no stone unturned on. He just gave us every bit of information we could ever want on whatever we just asked. So he's a very fulfilling guest, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. He was like the opposite of Brett Thomas. You know what I mean? Like interviewing Brett Thomas, he's just so simple and straightforward about shit. It's hilarious trying to give him a complex question. Yeah, and the and the funniest conversation we've had on the podcast, I think, is one that we did not put out, and that might go on the Patreon at some point. And it was a conversation with Brian Sternick that he requested <laughs> to be edited out of the podcast, and we both agreed. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I was really pissed because I thought there was some goddamn hilarious material. In that conversation, <laughs> it was just somebody couldn't hold it together uh, long enough to say a word that shouldn't be said that many times and still say it and not laugh at it. That was the problem. It was the word we were talking about. <laughs> it was... Yeah, when it's the subject of the conversation, I guess that's going to make things a lot more difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do love. Yeah, no, I do love uh, doing the new stuff. And there's so much crazy shit that's happened this week. Um that we have talked about, so we got to get into it. Um, Let's do it. This is, I didn't even know this was a news source. I thought it was CBS, but then I saw it was CBC. So I don't know if it's like Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, Corporation? or some shit. Man, I... But this is, uh, this is about Travis Scott and his concert. A growing memorial marks the site of Friday's deadly music festival in Houston while the memories haunt those who survived it. 10 feet away from me was two people without a pulse. People were pushing me. I don't know how my knees were scraping on the ground. Videos on social media show the chaos and confusion. A crowd surge, people passing out, others being crushed and trampled. In the end, eight people between the ages of 14 and 27 died. Among them, college student Franco Patino, who was majoring in mechanical engineering, and 14-year-old John Hilgert, a former baseball coach of his, said he was an angel. I just want to send out prayers to the to the ones that was lost. Travis Scott, the founder of the festival, was on stage. At one point, Drake even joined the performance. Meanwhile, in the crowd, things took a tragic turn. Scott is now speaking out. I'm honestly just devastated. How this happened and specifically what caused the crowd to surge is something police are trying to figure out. This is now a criminal investigation that's going to involve our homicide division as well as narcotics. He said also part of that is looking into the alleged drugging of a security officer. Meanwhile, questions are swirling around why the performance continued to go on. This 18-year-old was seen shouting at a cameraman to stop the show. He was trying to tell him that there was people uh, underneath their dying. Victor Cruz says that is his son. Prior to this, he says the teen was crushed by the crowd, falling under the pressure. Just knowing that almost my son didn't make it, almost didn't make it home. And then the ones who didn't, I just really feel for them. A sentiment shared by those who continue to show up where it all went so terribly wrong. Mark de Gebra Salasa, CBC News, Washington. 
It says Washington, but I don't. Maybe the Canadian broadcasting company has a uh, affiliate in Washington D.C. now. But this is it's a complicated name for a Canadian. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, this is a crazy story, though. I mean, it's not really that crazy if you think about it, because Travis Scott has had incidents in the past at his concerts like this. It's just nobody's died. Um. I, and I think know, the man. biggest tragedy here is that Drake was on the lineup. That was probably pretty bad. Yeah, I hope. But nevertheless, sued. I kind of hope Drake <laughs> gets sued for something. Um, but yeah, I'd prefer if they just sued him. But yeah. Well, I, so what exactly happened in this situation? Was something fell from the stage, or no, somebody got? It was just it was people pushing towards the stage, and people fell and got trampled and. There's rumors going around, but nobody knows anything yet. Like the thing that she said about the security guard getting drugged. There's like a a rumor that I I doubt if it's true, but that that somebody stabbed a security guard in the neck with a syringe full of fentanyl. That sounds. That kind of sounds like the the razor blades and the Halloween candy. Yeah, that, that yeah. sounds kind of made up. I don't know. And on top it's of that, just, like if. If the fans rush the stage, what is one security guard going to do about it? If yeah. that's how this happened. Well, I think they're trying to determine if that's what caused the panic was like seeing somebody get stabbed in the neck with something or like, I, I don't know. It's just sad that it's like the, like this 14 year old kid that died. Um, it's, it's like, it might've been like his first concert or something, you know, like it's, it's well, it's his last up. concert now, but he, yeah, no, it's I can't. I'm yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked it's, up. My sympathy is there for the kid. I feel like that yeah. that is fucked up. Also, the fact that your first concert was Travis Scott—that's probably not a great idea. Yeah, in the first that's place. that's what I was saying too. Is like I'm not blaming the parents, but I don't think I would let a 14 year old go to a concert with 50,000 people where like the artist has been known for having violent shit happen at his concerts before. Like it's and what's that about? Like, why does he have violent things happen at well, this concert? Like, what is? I don't think it happened this time, but in the past, he has like encouraged crowd members to rush the stage well, and shit like that. So, like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not that big of a surprise that this happened. Um, he could say like he didn't say that this time or whatever, but like, if that's the like thing you do at your concerts, then people will get used to that. Maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. I don't want to speculate too much, but yeah, it's hard not to. I yeah. mean, devil's advocate on this too, though. What what is he necessarily supposed to do about that as a performer to stop that from happening? If you have well, fifty thousand people, what are you really gonna better better do security, to... better setup? I mean, he did produce the show, so it was like he is ultimately responsible because he was the organizer and producer. Um, it was like his Maybe, festival. Yeah. He has in Houston. I don't know. Maybe but, you should hire somebody for that. That, that yeah. doesn't seem like something I would want to take on. Right. Especially and, at his level. You don't have to. And I what don't see why shitty, you would. What a shitty management company, like letting him <laughs> take take that yeah. responsibility. Um, but yeah, man, it's I mean, just, sure. it's, it's fucked up. It's one of those things that like it happened. It happened to, to Pearl Jam back in the, in the nineties, like it was, it was, uh, it was a European thing. Um, it was some, it was some big festival 
I think it was, I can't remember. Um, they bum rushed the stage. Yeah. And it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was a four day festival in Denmark. Um, and the, they stopped the show immediately and Eddie Vedder was like asking fans to like step back and shit or whatever. But yeah, eight people died. I was really expecting you to chime in and be like, you know, Pearl Jam would have never let this happen. No, it, well, it, that that's a little different though because it was just it was just a festival that they were playing on. It wasn't like it wasn't they like organized. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like their festival. Like they were just one of like thirty bands that played on this festival. But it's still, and all their fans are still alive. Yeah, yeah, it's still tragic though. It it is. It's just it's hard not like. The Travis Scott thing, like he's gonna go broke over this because like the first lawsuit was was a million dollars already from some guy that was in the hospital. And how are they not gonna award that to a lot of these cases? So yeah, you're right. I think that's this is definitely gonna be a huge problem for him. Yeah, I saw a news as much story. As I saw a news story that said that he's gonna pay for the funeral cost. I'm like, I think he's gonna be paying for a lot more. That's kind of what I thought. I thought, well, that's that's the least you could do. I think this the news story should be if he didn't, that would have been a, yeah. more of a news story. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to rotate the uh, sad stories with good stories today. So um, it's a tough one. It's a yeah. tough one. Yeah. So we're going straight to uh, the most exciting thing that happened this weekend, and this is this is uh, from the Cleveland Browns YouTube page. This is Jim Donovan. First of all, I'll set it up more. This is uh, the Browns. You know, we we had a, probably the most disappointing walking out of the stadium I've ever had in my life last Sunday um, with the loss to Pittsburgh. And then this Sunday, you know, we had the whole Adele thing. There was a lot of noise last week. And then the game started out kind of in the way that the playoff game in Pittsburgh started out last year. And uh, you just kind of knew from the beginning that it was going to go well. Uh, this is the happen- first score of the game. Third down and goal at the Browns' three-and-a-half-yard line. Burrow takes the snap. Play-action fake. Back in the pocket. Throws. Right sideline. It picked off. They got it down the sideline. It's Denzel Ward. He's to the 35-40. He's to the 50. He's to the 40. 30. 20. 15. 10. 5. Touchdown. A pick six. Denzel Ward is back. And I just love Jim Donovan more than more than anything. Oh, yeah. Like he's so good, dude. He gets I'm you. Brandon Petrie, and this is the turnaround. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he gets literally, you dude. It I was... I disagree though. I think I think it wasn't like the Pittsburgh game where literally the first play no went yeah. off, and you knew this was going to be. This was the opposite. We had a bunch of penalties. We had given up a decent amount of yards not all at once oh yeah they were on the three yard line climb. yeah they were on the three yeah. yard line when that happened and i told Haley, i was like damn if if they just stop getting these penalties we might only lose by like a field goal it'll be great <laughs> and then immediately pick six and yeah. i was like all right okay i guess i, I mean crow on this one from the pick six on i was pretty confident we were winning that game like there was never there was never a minute when it was in doubt <laughs> in that game I had a lot of doubt. I was always going to be there. I was going to keep rooting for the Browns, but I I was a little concerned. <laughs> yeah. I had seen, I had seen the Bengals do 
better than they normally do this season. So I was kind of expecting a harder fought challenge, but God damn, that, that was a crazy scoring game. Yeah, for sure. Got to see people's Jones do some work. He was back. That was fun. Troy Hill got some sacks too for such a tiny guy, man. That dude can fucking move. He's, he is very fast. Yeah. Miles Garrett had a sack and a half. Mm -hmm. Um, didn't he break a record? Uh, I'm not sure. I think it was for like overall sacks or something or oh, career okay. sacks. I can't rem- I can't remember what He's it was. He's got um I think right now uh, where is it at? I saw it just a second ago. I think right now he's leading the league um with I want to say he had 10 and a half so I think he's got 13 right now leading the league with 13 sacks in 8 games. So That is insane. Yeah. That is oh, a bad dude. Nine games, nine games, yeah. But Even still. still, though, that's that's a pretty impressive stat to hold. Yeah, I just mean, just keeps adding to that QB graveyard out in front of his house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, even if he only gets ten the rest of the season, that's twenty three sacks. That's like unheard of. Like it's yep. <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty crazy. So I got a feeling he's still gonna get more than that. We'll oh see. yeah, I do too. Um, but yeah, we'll. Uh, move on we don't want to turn this into the turnaround and we got another we did lose obj we didn't even comment on that yeah obj um it's not that he sucks and i want people i want people to know that i i don't think he sucks i think he is a just not a fit for the browns um i watched i watched nfl network beforehand and michael irving kind of explained it a little bit and he said that, you know, there's there's freestyle offenses in the NFL and there's structured offenses. The Browns are a structured offense, and OBJ is a freestyle wide receiver. Baker Mayfield could never depend on him to be where he was supposed to be because he liked to freestyle with his routes and do his own thing. And that's just not the type of system that we run. It's not the type of quarterback that Baker Mayfield is. So I would agree. Yeah, I would. I would. He's definitely not suited for this style of offense. Uh, I think a lot of people expected him to go out there and make 30-yard catches at a time, but we're not really a team that needs to throw the ball 30 yards at a time. Right. Now when you're got, you've got like two running backs that are going to guarantee you at least five yards a carry, so it yeah. gets to a point where you're like, why would we do that? That doesn't. Yeah. We don't need to. Or if you're Nick no Chubb reason. Against, or if you're Nick Chubb against the Bengals, nine point eight yards a carry, which is yeah, yeah. That, I meant like overall <laughs> on a load on a bad that day. Is, that is insane. No and then you get like Dearness Johnson's like the third string running back, and even he's picking up like five yards a carry. So it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, it, you don't need to risk much. And I, a lot of people shit on Baker Mayfield for that too, because they you know they say he's not putting up five hundred yards a game, but goes back to you when you we don't need to yeah you don't need you win, to do that win games that's all i give a shit about 100 percent. yeah we got some more shitty news to get into because this is a shitty week for news um the uh kyle rittenhouse trial is going on this week this is from uh cbs evening news We want to turn now to the dramatic testimony today in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. A paramedic who was shot by Rittenhouse at a protest talked on the stand about his tense confrontation with the teenager before taking a bullet in the arm. CBS's Nancy Chen is covering the trial in Kenosha, Wisconsin. What do you do? 
Jurors watched footage of the moment Kyle Rittenhouse shot Gage Grosskreutz at close range with an AR-15 style weapon. What was going through your mind at this particular moment? That I was going to die. Grosskreutz says he lost 90% of his bicep. That looks like my bicep being vaporized. Grosskreutz, a professionally trained medic, treated nearly a dozen protesters that night. He says he heard gunshots and ran toward them. I thought that the defendant was an active shooter. Today, the jury was shown new drone video of Rittenhouse shooting and killing Joseph Rosenbaum. A crowd chased and confronted Rittenhouse as he fled that scene. Then Rittenhouse shot and killed another protester before wounding Grosskreutz. Rittenhouse claims he was acting in self-defense. His attorney questioned Grosskreutz's actions leading to the shooting. When you were standing three to five feet from him, it wasn't until you pointed your gun at him, advanced on him with your gun, now your hands down, pointed at him, that he fired, right? Correct. Defense attorney Joe Tamburino, who isn't connected to the case, says both sides are leaning heavily on Grosskreutz's testimony. Because when you have a witness on the stand who almost died, they can be very powerful witnesses on either side. And the prosecution has said they will rest their case tomorrow. The defense has indicated that Rittenhouse himself may take the stand, and that could be in the next few days, Nora. I hope that little twerp takes the witness stand. That would be fucking hilarious. I'm real curious to see how that's going to go. I <laughs> I watched a lot of the opening statements and the prosecution was not really looking very good in their case. But from what I understand today, it took a different turn. Yeah, uh, it's it seemed like in a lot of the opening statements, you they they really portrayed it like these guys antagonized the kid into shooting them and it seemed like it was kind of it, it wasn't going to last very long for the defense or for the uh for the prosecution Dude, it, it seemed that way i don't understand unless these are just prosecutors that are really fucking bad at their jobs how they lose this case like even even with even with the fact that these guys one guy was running at him with a gun the other guy was running at him with a skateboard you can't claim self-defense when the reason why they're chasing you is that you already shot someone in the face. Like, that's not... <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, come on. As much as you're trying to make the case for yourself as a vigilante, it's like, well, they just watched you dome somebody. Yeah. And so now they're kind of the vigilantes in this. Yeah. But uh, I think my my big argument with this case is as much as I'm a big person of the right to defend yourself... I'm also not a big proponent of giving a, what was he, 17? Yeah. Giving a 17-year-old a fucking rifle and driving him to another state yeah. and dropping him off with a goddamn packed lunch and saying, have a good protest. Yeah. <laughs> I think the mom should probably be fucking it's charged with something it's, in this, too. I mean, that's a felony within itself. Is And, I mean, that's premeditation if I've ever heard it. You're going to drive to another state to defend another state's business. That's the most bullshit excuse yeah. I've ever heard. For yeah. somebody trying to defend themselves. Yeah, you're yeah. not. You're not defending yourself at that point. You're antagonizing until you have to defend yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's I mean, I, I think the mom should be charged for for weapon trafficking or whatever the A fuck. A thousand percent. Is. Yeah. Child endangerment. How is that not the fucking definition of child endangerment? Yeah. You are putting your kid in a situation where if he's not going to injure himself or somebody else, he's going to go to jail. Yeah. 
and you had a giant fucking hand in that. That doesn't make any sense to me. Even if he did, even if he did defend himself, even if somebody came at him with ill will and he shot this person in the definition of self-defense, that mom still put a kid in danger when she didn't have to. Right. She could have just told him, no, you can't carry guns to other state protests like most moms would. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. What mom is like, yeah, go run with your militia friends at this protest. Go ahead. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Proud boys. (laughs) What? It's a very supportive mom, but maybe she shouldn't be. I heard there's uh, I heard from uh, um, on the bonfire today that uh, there's a very good documentary about the Capitol insurrection on HBO. Uh, watched it can confirm yeah i'm gonna have to watch i forget what the name of it is um but i'll send you the link dan soder did say though it was either him or his i don't know if it's wife or girlfriend or whoever was on the show with him today um but they did say that it was kind of bullshit though how they like they like had the guy talking about um like uh, 800 and something girls are taken every year or every day or blah, 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 or whatever. They had like the QAnon guy look like, like basically spewing out QAnon conspiracy shit and that they like didn't really correct it at all in the documentary. I don't remember this. This might, maybe I'm, I was watching a different documentary. I, <laughs> I know they did have a few QAnon people. There were people that were a part of the, protest but yeah. i think they really kept it down to like this is what we experienced this is what we did this was the mentality at the time like i thought they kind of narrated it really well okay. where you got somewhat both sides of it but they made it feel very human yeah you know you could relate to people on both ends of it somewhat you know as much as you can it's kind of hard to it is get in the hard. head of somebody I yeah no you're not really gonna i tried to get myself in that headspace where i was like yeah i would totally storm the capitol bill no i wouldn't no the yeah. fuck i wouldn't i had me? A, i heard a, i overheard a conversation tonight um from someone that um i know believes in the shit who uh, was saying that tom hanks tom hanks is a pedophile and that he lives that he lives in greece because pedophilia is legal there and i, I know in my head i'm like Tom Hanks lives in Oakland and pedophilia is definitely not legal in Greece. <laughs> and <laughs> not for like thousands yeah. of years, but I know there's no convincing those people. So I just laugh about it to myself in my head. Like there's no, there's no reason for me to get into that argument. It's not going to go anywhere. Like it's my mind. Isn't like blown over the idea that people have come to that. My mind has been blown over the idea of how many people have unanimously come to that and how easy it is to get people to believe shit. It's the internet, man. It's insane. There's maybe, maybe not. We should, we should just, after so many QAnon posts, you should just be out for the year. You're just not allowed to post any more QAnon shit. Yeah, dude. And it's just crazy to me. Like back in the day when I was a kid, like there, before we had, before everybody had the internet and shit, there was like, always like one kid in your class who like believed in these crazy ass conspiracies and it was just like and everybody just thought they were the weird person and then you would see like the tabloids on on the newspaper stands at the grocery store that would be like an alien and uh hillary clinton had an alien baby or some shit like that 
and it would and like you would be like that's that's the crazy shit like that's the crazy shit that crazy people believe and now it's like a third of the country like it's like all of this shit that they believe like is very much something that could have just been printed in a tabloid like that's (laughs) <laughs> like, I've always wanted to figure out how it got to this point, though. How did these people buy into this? Because don't get me wrong, conspiracy theories and the National Enquirer, all that shit, it yeah. was entertaining. Yeah. But I don't think people are able to shut off the difference between entertainment and actual news. I think maybe that's because of the way the news has become entertainment. People, you know, like CNN, Fox, it, it's always become very biased. And yeah. we know that, but maybe not everybody fucking does. It's, it's the fact that p- the, some of them are just dumb. Some of them are old people that grew up, that didn't grow up with the internet. So when they got the internet, they got into these chat groups and shit and didn't know what the fuck they were doing. And they thought everything they heard was true. Um, but some of them are just dumb. Like that dude with the Pizzagate thing. Like he was relatively young. Like there's no excuse for that guy not to know that there's fake shit on the internet. 100%. And... And that guy, that guy went, went to a, went to a pizza shop in D.C., Washington D.C., where you're not even allowed to carry a handgun, and he brought an AR-15 into a, a crowded pizza parlor with families eating dinner, and started pointing the gun at people, demanding that they show him to the basement, which there was no basement, and then he got arrested, and he was like, "Well, oh, guess I was wrong." Like it's like you're going to jail for a long time, dude. Like what? You Over just... something you didn't even like look up. Like yeah. you could probably find the blueprints of the place. It's usually public record and see that there's no basement. We have no excuse at this point. Yeah, but that there was is, but that was the start. Was of Google. It, it was it yeah. Was the Pizzagate thing was the start of it. It was John D. Podesta's emails, and he asked his brother to if he wanted to go get some pizza while he was in dc and this QAnon person said that was which was supposed to be like a secret government agent that was releasing shit to the public said that pizza is the government's code word for children which has since been debunked and found that it's complete bullshit and they just made it up and that's what made these people think that this pizza parlor in D.C. that John D. Podesta was meeting his brother at had a child sex ring in the basement. Like, it's... it's How is that giving us better pizza? That's what I want to know. <laughs> it is just insane, man. The, that doesn't make any sense. I, I, was hoping the kids were, I was hoping the kids were a part of the pizza. Maybe, like, they were chopping the kids up, putting them in the pizza, and this was going to be the big scoop. Because yeah. if that's the case, there's a pizza place in Strongsville, Ohio, that gets the best kids ever. <laughs> and they're delicious. Uh, but nevertheless, <laughs> it, what bothers me about this is we're in the day and age where you can research an insane amount of things and all the ridiculous claims you want to look up, you can research and disprove a lot of these. Yeah. So I think my problem isn't so much that there's more conspiracy theories. It's just that they're very lazy. Yeah. There's so much more lazy than you would ever expect. Yeah, that's my issue. Come up with good ones. We all loved ancient aliens. None of us believed it, but it was fun. Yeah, right. It was great. Yeah. It was a great time. <laughs> all right, we got qu- two quick, two quick ones to get to. This is uh, from ABC News this week. It's actually Infrastructure Week. Now back here in Washington, President Biden celebrating the 
the passage of the bipartisan trillion dollar infrastructure bill over the weekend. His first installment of his Build Back Better plan. Rachel Scott at the White House with the latest. Hi, Rachel. Kira, good morning. And well, after three months of negotiations, missed deadlines, and that election loss in Virginia, the infrastructure bill will soon head to President Biden's desk. This is a rare bipartisan breakthrough in a bitterly divided Congress. The $1 trillion package is estimated to create 500,000 jobs over the next few years, and it promises significant investments in every pocket of the country, from how Americans commute, with $110 billion for highways, roads, and bridges, to protecting power outages with $65 billion to upgrade the nation's power grid, $39 billion in public transit, improving accessibility for people with disabilities, and $65 billion to expand internet, targeting rural areas and low-income communities, plus a $55 billion investment in clean water with money funneled to replace lead pipes and address water contamination. Now, of course, that's just one part of the president's agenda. Democrats will now move forward on the second part. That's that much larger social spending bill with funding for universal pre-K and for child care, but with no Republican support for that package, the president president will have to keep his party united. They're trying to get it done by Thanksgiving. Kira. All right, Rachel. So Democrats can govern. How about that? Um, well, yeah, I mean, Biden has a giant <laughs> reputation for reaching across the aisle. He's always kind of yeah. been that not anywhere near the fringe of Democrats. So I'm, I'm not surprised he's able to do a lot of this shit. But you know, at the just, same time, it seems like all the money is going towards good things. That's yeah. the important but, like, could you have passed it last Monday so we wouldn't have lost in Virginia? Like, that's the thing. Like, like you did it a week yeah, it too late. Yeah, it would have looked pretty fucking good, man. Yeah, you did it a week too late. That's my only complaint here. It was just a week too late. And the other infrastructure bill, I don't know what the fuck. Joe Biden is holding it up still because he is against paid family medical leave, which is literally polls at 80%. He's the dumbest fucking person I've ever seen in in a fucking position of power. Like he's I don't think that's hard to compromise on, uh, you know what I mean? Of all the issues that would hold something up. Dude, why would you hold up a bill on a, an issue that polls at 80%? It just it's so as bad. As a Democrat, yeah. as a Democrat, that's something you're holding up against. That's kind of shocking. It's just so bad politically. There are very few people that don't think that that people should have paid family medical leave. Like it's just those polls aren't doing well, which blows my mind. It, like a lot of it took a serious dip after the whole pull out of Afghanistan, but that was something that was pulling the opposite direction before. Yeah. Everybody was on on board with pulling out of Afghanistan. Yeah. The second somebody does, they're like, he shouldn't have done it that way. Yeah. I don't know how he should have done it, but he shouldn't have done it that way. <laughs> right. Like. <laughs> Well, speak up when you've got better ideas, then, because we're all on this page, man. None of us had a great plan for <laughs> yeah. pulling out of Afghanistan. We all knew this was going to be a shit show. Oh, yeah. It was going to be no matter who did it, but somebody had to do it eventually. Doesn't uh, matter. Doesn't yeah. matter one bit who would have done it. It would have been a shit show. Yeah. Uh, we got one more news story, and this is uh, non-political, non-browns. This is from CBS Evening News about an about an IVF mix-up. <laughs> Well, for parents who want a baby and struggle to conceive, it can be an emotional roller coaster. And for two couples, that journey took an unthinkable turn. CBS's Maria Villarreal has the story of an IVF mix-up. We kind of dreamed of two girls, but you know. For three years, Daphne and Alexander Cardinale tried to have a second child. Finally, with IVF, they were thrilled to welcome a baby girl in September 2019. 
but immediately Alexander felt something was wrong. When was the point where you said, something's not right? I had a weird sort of a gut reaction when she was born. It was anything logical. It was just, it was just like a instinct. Like Two months later, a DNA test confirmed their worst fear. The infant was not their biological daughter. Daphna was implanted with a stranger's embryo who in turn received theirs. That woman, who wishes to remain anonymous, gave birth a week earlier to the Cardinali's biological daughter. When I found out she wasn't mine, so I, like poured more, I poured more love into her. I don't know. Maybe I was just clinging to her. But um, I was just so scared I was going to lose her, which I ultimately did. And the Cardinales felt robbed of their time with their biological daughter. We had to play a lot of catch up. While the babies were returned to their biological parents, the couple is now suing their physician, California Center for Reproductive Health, and a third-party embryology lab for alleged misconduct, including medical malpractice and negligence. According to the complaint, CCRH thought that the embryos... We don't need to hear the complaint explained. It's pretty clear that we they fucked up. We understand why she's probably <laughs> yeah. upset. They fucked up. This isn't like... They accidentally gave them the wrong babies. They birthed the wrong babies. Like they. To be fair, though, I immediately thought, well, why don't they just trade and and they're you're good. Yeah, and it's solved. They, that's Problem what they, solved. That's what, huh? they, that's what they ended up doing. But still, that's hilarious. Yeah, you're I mean, looking not, at, not like in a positive way, but it's hilarious that that shit actually does happen. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> How weird would it be to look at your baby and know it's your baby, but it came out of someone else's vagina? Like that is that well, is Well, now you've just got a, a now you've got a child and a good friend. That's I would imagine <laughs> yeah. that's the positive side of this. The Dude, the negative so side up. is that this entire story, the second you played it, I was really really hoping the baby was going to turn out to be a different race. And that's how they figured it out. <laughs> no, but I it thought, did have, they both had, they both had light hair and it did have like dark ass hair. And okay. So that somewhat yeah. explains it, but I, it would have really made the guy's comments really funny where he was like, I had a feeling something was, was off when the baby came <laughs> out and it just turns out the baby's, the baby's black. It it's, was, it, yeah. yeah. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and assume this probably was a mix up somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's just I've never heard of that happening before. I've heard of like I've heard of like babies getting switched in the delivery room or whatever, but I've never heard of IBFs getting mixed up and women actually birthing the wrong babies. Like that is Well the reason you've never heard of it is because they probably don't tell them a lot of times. They just yeah. kind of just let it go. Yeah. And and for the rest of that person's life they just have no idea. Dude, yeah, I mean, I couldn't even imagine that. Like, yeah, this came out of my vagina, but let's switch now. Like, you know, I have like... a, I have a little cousin, and uh, well, it's my second cousin. His mom's my cousin, and uh, she was with a guy for a long time. Like, this kid was six or seven, and uh, had to get a blood test for some kind of medical work the kid had to get done. Found out that it was not his kid, and she had been lying to him oh, for shit. a long time, and. Like the guy's family has had a long-term relationship with this kid. This kid thinks that this guy is his dad. I mean, holy shit! What do you do in that scenario? 
Yeah. So that's that's probably worse than this this situation. I mean, at least they got tradesies early on. They yeah. didn't find this out way later. Are they from Barbadon? No, no, Parma <laughs> would be. Oh, okay. The, so like I'm not Barbadon of that area. I'm not gonna say anything bad. Whoa. Hopefully Joe Briggs isn't listening. He'll yeah, be yeah. upset about Drew that. Drew Gigas will back me up. It's all good. <laughs> uh, so why uh, Brandon picked the clip for today? Why Jimmy Carr? Jimmy Carr has always been one of my favorites, and I feel like he doesn't get enough love on this fucking podcast. Nobody ever <laughs> talks about Jimmy Carr. He doesn't. You know, oh, I, I was I, like, well, maybe we should talk about the new Chappelle. Never mind. We, we only ever talk about Chappelle. I have the podcast and that's not me ripping on Chappelle. That's just me saying like, God damn guys. I think we only had what one Kyle Kinane clip, if I'm not mistaken. It's hard to remember. We've had, no, we had like two in a row and then, Oh, okay. That's what it was. So we, we had our small stint of Kyle Kinane. (laughs) It's like Kyle Kinane, Tom Segura, Dave Chappelle. That has been, I actually got that. I actually got that book that was, uh, forwarded by Kyle Kinane. Um, uh, running the light whatever I oh okay i heard it was really good but his i can't stop listening to his trampoline in a ditch special that was yeah hilarious so that that good. whole that whole album was hilarious yeah but Jim- yeah I, i've always loved jimmy carr everyone always compares me to jessalick because i do short dark jokes but like i think i learned a lot of that from jimmy carr too yeah jimmy carr is weird because he does do the short dark jokes but he does it in a british accent so it seems more pleasant a lot more whimsical than you would expect. <laughs> yeah. well, he, he gets really creative too. Like he he's got one bit that I really like where he does like a a four word joke, a three word joke, a two word joke, and yeah. I think that's it. I think he just stops there. But stuff like that, I think, is really impressive. Yeah, yeah, it's creative and oh. a little different. So I like it. We'll listen to this clip. This is from Jimmy Carr in concert. Uh, listen to this clip and then talk about it. Have you ever done this? Have you ever been driving along and you've hit a rabbit? The worst thing is the noise. That horrible, familiar sound of a hammer hitting a rabbit. <laughs> 97% of all dangerous driving offences are committed by men. You know what that means? It means 3% are committed by bloody women drivers. <laughs> you know who you are, you're a fucking menace. I don't think speed cameras are fair. Who's with me? see how they're fa- if I'm driving home from this gig at 12 midnight yeah and there's kids playing in the street they've got bigger problems than me <laughs> well not anymore they haven't but <laughs> but let's say I'm driving home from this gig 12 midnight let's say I'm doing 40 in a 30 zone I get flashed by one of those cameras how is it fair that my girlfriend gets three points on her license <laughs> that doesn't seem fair to me she's already got 12 points <laughs> she's going to have to go to jail <laughs> Have you all seen that incredibly powerful commercial on television where the child morphs back to life, having been run over? (laughs) Incidentally, that's why you're not allowed to leave the scene of an accident. You miss the best bit. (laughs) (laughs) That advert clearly states if you're doing 40 miles an hour and you hit a child, there's an 80% chance that child will die. If you're doing 30 miles an hour, there's an 80% chance that child will live. Here's my question. Where's the ad for swerving? That advert's basically the government going, hey, watch out, there's a kid in the road. Slow down, take the edge off. (laughs) But it must learn its lesson. (laughs) How old did you say you were, sir? 
You're 14 years old. Right, and what's your name? Sam. Sam, right. Let's say I'm driving to you, Sam. Okay. At, I don't know, 40 miles an hour. <laughs> and you run away at 10 miles an hour. It's an aggregate of 30, isn't it? <laughs> Not only have you given yourself a chance of survival, you've also learned a little something about maths. <laughs> it's win-win. You all right? Mm. <laughs> Do you like girls yet? <laughs> you probably don't even know you're gay. Do you know you're gay? <laughs> you do, you're fully aware. Okay, well, yeah, yeah, not. Definitely not, because we haven't got a camera pointing at you or anything. <laughs> Enjoy school. <laughs> I, gotta, I, like, I do have to watch him a little more. Um, He's really good, yeah. and he. I got to admit, the rabbit joke reminded me a lot of your your uh, kitten <laughs> bit, and so yeah. that was a big reason why I picked this one. Um, yeah. yeah, the guy's one of the king of short jokes, man. He just is really, really clever about some of the stuff he comes up with, and I've always, I've always definitely respected Jimmy Carr. He's he's a huge influence for me. Yeah, man. I never really watched him that much, but I, I've I've always seen like. I mean, I've watched, I think, one of his specials on Netflix. Um, but I, I, I've watched so many, I don't even remember. It blows my mind that you're, like, as much of a Mitch Hedberg fan, but you don't watch Jimmy Carr because he's... I'm not saying he's England's Mitch Hedberg, but he's definitely up that alley yeah. as far as people with, like, really good one-liner jokes. I think it's because with British comedians... The only way I've ever gotten into British comedians or foreign comedians at all, for that matter, is that when they're introduced to me in another way first, like, you know, like, like John Oliver consider, with consider yeah, him introduced. Yeah. With like John Oliver with the Daily Show or like I didn't watch Jim Jeffries until he had his Comedy Central, his, his Comedy Central nightly show that he had or whatever it was like uh tr- Trevor Noah, like I, I n- knew who he was, but I never watched him until he had the Daily Show. Oh yeah, like you well, know, I hope, I mean, hope Bassem Yusuf gets introduced to a lot more people that way yeah. because fuck, man, that guy was another person that I might not have ever really paid as much attention to as I should have until you see him live and just, dude's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, and he, I wouldn't so have known funny. about it if it wasn't for John Stewart. Like if it wasn't for like the the daily show comparisons and the podcasts that were done about his crazy escape from Egypt and shit. Like I was going to say it's bullshit because Bassam Yusuf had way more at risk than John Stewart did as far as yeah. making fun of the government. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, obviously Jimmy Carr is not like that at all, but he <laughs> is a really good roaster. I've seen him do roast battle. Oh, I bet. Was a, he seems like he was would a, be. Phenomenal, phenomenal. It, like his offensive humor is always really good too. And it, I don't know. I love I love a lot of the directions he takes things and is uh a lot a lot of the shows he's done too have been really interesting. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'll have to check it. I'll have to check him out. I know he has several specials on Netflix that I haven't watched, I think. <laughs> he's, yeah, his like he's got a Netflix special called like Greatest Hits or something like that. And that always yeah. kind of fucked me up. But it's it's one of my favorite specials from him. Cool. Yeah, I'll check that out. Uh, do you have anything coming up this week? Oh, you have High and Dry and... Yeah, come out to High and Dry on Thursday and fucking the Odeon on Friday to uh, see me roast Jeremy Demery, one of the nicest guys in the comedy scene. Is it is it the Odeon or is it the Odeon? I, either way. 
Either one sounds Because <laughs> I've always called it the Odeon. I'm like, am I, have I been wrong all this time? I think maybe I'm I'm making it sound cooler. <laughs> I'm turning Orion into Orion. All right. All right. That works. Um, yeah, I'll be uh, November 19th at the... Is it the West Theater? <laughs> no, it's the West. Yeah, the West Theater in, in Barberton. That should be great. And then um, <laughs> at Funny Farm in Youngstown, November 20th. Yeah, I love Barberton. I love those Barberton people. Can't wait to chop it up with the Barbertons. They're going to show up and be like, we heard what the fuck you said. Start throwing <laughs> things at you. Yeah, I get some, might get some chicken while I'm there. I don't know. Oh yeah, their wings are dope, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. believe it or yeah, I, I, it's weird at a theater you wouldn't really expect. The oh, food they to have be the main they focus. have wings. I thought you meant like like uh, uh, Village Gardens or some shit like that. Like no, I meant they literally they have food. Chicken. Yeah, last time I did the West Theater, I got free food. Oh, you get free food? Okay, I'm down. That's what yeah that's, that. what, that's what happened last time i can't guarantee I'm, yeah. I'm not booking the show but yeah their wings were dope I all i know that. all i know is i'm getting paid and i don't give a fuck that's it yeah you can afford to buy food <laughs> yeah yeah that's, first that's the house the now reason. food yeah that's that's the only reason why i would accept a show in barberton is <laughs> getting paid. It's, you um, are not building a fan base out there. You are not going to no, get any Barberton followers at this rate. Yeah, but you know what? Like the, I feel like the people in Barberton know that other people that aren't in Barberton don't think highly of them. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Barberton was one of those cities where every time I tried to do a joke involving anybody of a different color, they tensed up so bad that it didn't matter if the joke was funny or not. They've just never seen somebody of a different color, so they don't know. They don't know like what the cultural <laughs> stereotypes are. Uh, we used to call it Barbara Tucky. We, yeah, yeah. You yeah. kind of make my point. <laughs> yeah, when we we had a joke that uh, that uh, whenever we played football, that like if we didn't know who we were playing. Whenever we stepped out of the locker room and you heard the you heard the milk jugs with the beans in it, like that was, it was either Barbadin or Ravenna, one of the one of the two. Like those were, those there were more X's on those jugs than in your playbook. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, <For> that's sure. <laughs> pretty bad. Well, that's making the Patreon, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I might just leave it in. <laughs> I don't really care who I piss off in Barbadin. What are they gonna yeah. do? Meth me to death? Okay. Yeah, um, they they can listen to our podcast because they hate us, you know, with the Howard Stern thing. I don't know. Um, I think that's all I got. You can follow me at John Brown Comedy, Brandon. Yeah, follow me at Petrified Comedy on most things. If not, it's just my name, Brandon Petrie. Petrie yeah, like and, a dish. And we will soon have a studio and a Patreon because I quit smoking weed, so I'll get shit done now. I'm just going to make up for it. <laughs> I'll pick up your slack. <laughs> Brown Petri Dish is created by John Brown and Brandon Petrie. Logo designed by Brian Gallagher. Music by Jared Bailey. Audio version of the podcast is produced and edited by John Brown. Video YouTube version produced and edited by Harrison Poole.